0: want to welcome you to Mindset Growth Podcast. I'm Gary Bontrager, your host. I have Heather here, my co-host, with me. We are super excited today for our next guest. Uh, I have not met this person uh, physically, but we've had a few conversations, and I really enjoyed uh, just learning more about him. And the one thing that probably sparked a little interest that I think we're going to find, and we'll go ahead and plug right now, is he has a podcast and it says something to do with in the shed or sheds. And I work with a lot of construction. So I uh, it piqued my interest because I work with shed builders only to find out that you are not a shed builder. Correct. So, welcome. Just happens to take place in a shed. <laughs> so welcome, AJ Raber. Uh, go ahead and... Uh, we're going to jump right in and ask you a few questions and we'll get back to maybe some of the things we sent you. We like to do some of these uh, rapid fire questions. What's your cell phone wallpaper?
1: My cell phone wallpaper right now is my bride. Ah, ah
2: beautiful. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, we've been married for uh, almost two months now.
2: Oh, new. No. Congratulations. I mean, two, two years. years.
1: Two Three. years. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, I can't get those numbers wrong.
2: Time just flies. You've been having so much fun, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: This, and this is recorded, so she can make you pay for that if you forget already.
1: <laughs> well, I, I was earning brownie points by having her on my wallpaper anyway, so we should All be right. good.
2: <laughs> Perfect. So if you could kill any fashion trend, what would it be?
1: So there's a fashion trend coming back right now that's super retro, uh-huh. like really, really baggy clothes. Um, I'm all for like thrifting and everything, but like the the thrifting of not wearing clothes your size, baggy clothes, baggy jeans. <laughs> and that's that's the one I'd put away first.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure that the baggy has made it this direction yet. There's oh. a lot of retro stuff, but.
1: No,
0: there's some. It's showing some, up. Yeah, I know. I look at that to... too. And I'm always like, ah, just don't care for it.
1: Do you and collect- especially, oh, sorry, um, but especially uh, right here in Nashville right now, you see just about every fashion trend you could possibly want to when you're walking around downtown.
0: Yeah, I'm sure of. The, I'm sure of that. Uh, do you collect anything?
1: Yes, actually, right. There's a couple different things. One of them is uh, I collect stickers from cities I've been to. So I've been able to travel on a d- decent amount of different trips. Um, did a lot of traveling sports camps in college. I studied abroad then and have done a lot of uh, living life on the road. So I haven't done anything with these stickers yet, but one day when I have a really locked down permanent residence, I might do something with them in a man cave or something. I don't know yet. Um, those. And then me and my wife collect a shot glass from every, every city we've been to together. Oh, cool. Um, and, and so I'm hoping that once we have been to every, all the states together, I'll probably make something on a wall to put like every state shot glass above their name or something. Sure. Awesome.
2: That'd be cool. I have a collection of, of city shot glasses as well, but I stopped at some point. <laughs> Had to draw the line somewhere.
1: Too too many and you just look like an alcoholic. That's um, true. From the glasses.
2: <laughs> or you keep visiting the same city. and. Yep. What are you tired of hearing about?
1: COVID, mm. not man. And I just brought it up. So now I'm the culprit, <laughs> but um, I am just uh, ready to move on from never hearing about it again. And I'm um, hearing about how it's detrimenting our lives at the moment.
2: Understandable. I think we can all kind of relate there.
0: Yep. What's one of your greatest achievements so far?
1: Hmm. I'm 23, so I don't have a ton of them yet. Um, still working on that. However, one of the, it's not a uh, actual physical achievement. One of my f- favorite things that's happened so far is the fact that I've already been able to create a life where I'm not living by the clock. So I'm able to kind of be where I want, when I want, um, spend time sometimes with who I want. Now I have a lot of responsibilities that come with that, but just not living the nine to five right now.
2: That's- that is a big achievement for your age, definitely. At any
0: age, really. All right. It's uh, it you're. It's like you said. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with it, but there's also a lot of freedom. But I think even more than that, it's a sense of accomplishment. Probably that uh, that's fulfilling.
1: Yep.
2: So why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
1: All right. Um, so I'll try to give you the short story, which. <laughs> it should be pretty easy too but so i would have uh, been born in ohio then moved to my uh, dad was an entrepreneur in the concrete business then he decided he felt called to go into gospel express ministries down in south carolina and so we moved when i was 6 and he's been um, the office director there since i was 6 years old um and so I grew up in south carolina was always into sports learning um reading as a kid and then would have went off to a small division two college, Lander University, where I would have studied business management and international business. Studied abroad when I was there. I had a I, I when I talk about college, it's one of those things that actually my brother just dropped out for good reasons. It's not like I'm sold and everybody has to go to college. And I didn't necessarily learn a ton, but college helped shape me a lot professionally, communicationally, just talking to people and growing in that sense. So uh, a lot to be thankful for in there. got to meet a lot of my, I'm actually in a wedding this weekend in Charleston with one of my college best friends in the middle of the hurricane. So that'll be nice. Um, And then when I would have graduated, actually my junior year in college, I would have got an internship coming, right when I got back from England, studying abroad, a company reached out about being a marketing intern. And so started marketing interning with them and then grew to, they actually hired me on a uh, part-time and then right. And I, then right when I, before I graduated, they hired me into, um, actually I don't even remember the title right now. I was over the marketing department, whatever marketing director, whatever I was called. Um, so would have in the month of December, 2020 would have got married, started a full-time job and graduated college in the same month. So that was a, that was one of the most crazy months I've ever been a part of yeah. and what a kind of transition there. So I had my full-time job um, for a company called Flexible Technologies where they make custom hoses, very interesting, custom hoses for CPAPs, ventilators, uh, Tesla, cars, spaceships, tractors, just Anywhere I I came to learn while working for them in marketing and sales, every machine you could possibly think of has a hose in it because something has to get from point A to point B. So I would have been to, worked a lot with trade shows there, direct B2B sales, client relationships. Just, I, I learned a lot at a young age in the kind of corporate world and really grew me up really fast being on the road in california new york wherever and having to say uh take clients out to meeting that were 55 years old and in this industry since it's not a it was not an exciting one by any means it wasn't like there was a ton of young blood getting into it and so i was a kind of young talent there and so it was really cool to like make a lot of connections with older people who've learned a lot they pass on a lot of information to me um but I always knew, like even though there was a lot of a lot of learned a lot of great things there, always knew the corporate world was not for me. So even as a, as a kid, would have I remember sitting in the bathtub with no water reading uh Steve Jobs autobiography and, and like whenever that came out. It mm-hmm. it's like I would get away to read all the whoever Warren Buffett's book and, and just as a kid and always knew that one day I wanted to create and grow something. So that's always been a big word on my life was create. I just love to create. I've worked in marketing, just growing stuff. And that's one of my passions. And then, so in that my wife is a nurse. So we were both dual income at the time. And I realized that with all this on the road, traveling, all this uh, time spent on my job, I didn't have time to create what I wanted to create. And so actually through some very hard conversations, uh, decided to uh, actually quit my job and spend, and we were going to go travel nurse. And during that time of like remote working, just being a lot of free time was going to decide what I wanted to grow, what I wanted to create. And a lot of people, when talking about with friends, they thought I was taking a vacation, but that couldn't be farther than, the truth at the time. It was just kind of got on the phone call, started talking to everybody I look up to, mentors and um, asking them about what new business trends they see, where they would start a business, what they would do, and actually talked to a guy, Landon Schlebaugh, who deals in a lot of real estate, short-term rentals, has a management company. And then he offered me a job. At first, I thought that getting a job was a failure at the time because I that's my, what I was getting away from and through more conversations with him realize there's a lot of growth learning. He's done this for years. He's very smart. So I actually started working with him in earlier this year as well, learning real estate, short-term rentals, Airbnbs, um, dealing with just investors in their properties. So do that. Also now, I just feel like I'm rambling a little bit too much, but started a landscaping business earlier this year. Would have grown up a lot um, doing it. Had some opportunities to start one, put people in place. I deal a lot of this stuff with remotely, like uh, leadership, talent, tasks, stuff like that. Um, and then now we are currently travel nursing in Nashville, and which has been awesome. We actually wanted to go out west somewhere, and so when we got stuck in the like close to home, still it was kind of a disappointment but we didn't realize how cool Nashville really was. And so we're, we're living downtown in a 480 square, 480 square foot apartment. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, living like I've never done before, but it's awesome where we walk everywhere. My wife's enjoying her job. There's a lot of growth right now. So that's the short story, but it's a really exciting time right now.
0: So do you have a morning routine?
1: I, so I have one. I'll be, I'm not, I'll, Tell you up front, it's not like I live by this every day. Uh, actually, one of the things that I try to work on is consistency because I'm not a naturally consistent person. Um, it, it's something I have to strive for. But love waking up while the coffee's going, doing stretching, getting ready. I've been getting into running, and so just getting ready for that. And had some knee trouble, so working on that. While I'm doing that, read a chapter of right now. I'm going through First Peter, and then uh, after that would read a, a non biblical. It doesn't have to be non-biblical, but right now it is, but um, compound effect. So, actually speaking on my weakness, which is talking about consistency. So, and then why that's all done, kind of starting my day. Does it always look like that? Not always, but when it does, my day's a whole lot better because of it.
0: So, it's probably though still where you get three, four days a week. I mean, it's, or at least that, yeah.
1: What's kind of hard with it, my, I since we're in Nashville, I actually am taking my wife to work in the mornings. because it lets me just get up early and she used to be at work really early. So lets me start my day. And then when she doesn't have to work, there's no time. So it's kind of hard to keep a, do I wake up at five even on a morning when I don't have to, is kind of uh, the thing that's been a struggle with that.
0: Sure.
2: Do you start your day a lot with with a run then? You mentioned that. And I know that uh, Nashville is just a, a beautiful place to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, it's actually... Part of this consistency thing is I'm in the middle of running one, my at least one mile a day for 30 days. Okay. A, l- a lot of those different days I'm doing more, but it's just the one mile is that no matter what, how I'm feeling, I have to go do at least one, just kind of a mental thing. Um, I am trying to, my goal is to do a half marathon, um, before too crazy long, but, um, I'm not naturally a runner either. I'm not naturally a lot of things. So I have to work real, I have to work really hard on that.
2: Well, that's important that you mentioned that though. You're talking about some self-help stuff. You're talking about consistency. It's a lot of stuff that that we work with with people all the time. So so you you've mentioned a couple of things that you are doing now uh, for your self-employment. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So, it's actually interesting. I'm self-employed but also employed at the same yeah. time. Just there's a lot of different going on. Uh, the guy I work for always talks about that. Um, we're all working together just on the real estate thing and tries to make me feel like I'm not an employee um, when he does a really good job of that. i just bringing everybody in together and creating a team. But the, actually talking about the self-employed side, this would be the, the landscaping business was the first thing that we've ever truly like created an LLC, started with, we're going all out in. Um, I've had some little side hustles here and there, but this was the first legit one we were going with had a, a good friend of my, me and my younger brother actually partners on the business. He's younger than me, but he's driven like no other. So it's, we, it's a really good team. And we had a guy who wanted to always work in landscaping. Um, it was one of his dreams and I love landscaping, but I like the business side of it. So we both started, the business. Then we actually hired our second full-time employee a uh, couple months ago and already looking kind of where we expand, what we're as busy as we can get right now, which is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there for the first m- month we, we hired in, our first employee before we had a single job. Um, and so guaranteed him a salary. So that first mm-hmm. month and Uh, everywhere I was going, I was stopping at houses on the way, passing out flyers, running Facebook ads. Uh, We were hitting the ground hard, but now we we slow down because we don't have the operations to keep up with demand if we wanted to um, succeed that. Um, So that's going well. My brother is, it's funny. We always, the reason we're good business partners in that he sees this far in front of his face and I see this far in front of my face. And so we're good okay. business partners. Cause there's a lot of day to day stuff where if somebody wouldn't pay an invoice, if we wanted to spend more on growth, if we wanted to do something like this, I'm like, go for it. Let's go, um, expand. And all my do- brother sees is the dollars at the end of the day. So it's kind of a, it's a really good balance. Um, and then my, my wife actually not, uh, has an earring business as well that she started. So Clay 648 has to do with Isaiah, I think, 648 or 648. I uh, forget the combination, but talking about how we are the clay and God is the potter and just how he wants to mold us however he wants to. And she actually makes everything out of clay. So hand makes everything, then bakes it, sells it online, sells it at... Um, Uh, craft shows. And so she's really gifted in that while also being a nurse. So she's, I have a good one in that. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much kind of the self-employed path that we're on. I don't know kind of what the future holds with everything, how everything have a lot more ideas as well. And, uh, we'll be in the exciting next five years or so.
0: Well, you also, I know do a podcast and I don't know if that's more something you do for fun, if it's something you're trying to develop. What's a little bit of your uh, motivation there?
1: So the idea actually hit me is, so at the time I was traveling on an airplane. And that's where normally when God gives me idea, it's, it's pretty much like a USB is plugged in. And I get the whole story, like start, title, what to do, how. It just instantly, and on an airplane, all of a sudden it hit me is, I, I've, I love talking to people, hearing stories. Growth and learning from people. I've loved learning, and so got this idea on the shed talks because I always had the shed. I have a shed in my backyard that we always had poker nights, hangouts, football games, all kinds of stuff in. And so it's a little bit of a play on words from the TED talks to the shed talks. So it's called the Shed Talk podcast, where I interview people based on faith, family, and fitness. Um, and so any of those three categories, I will say with kind of the expansion of moving into a new gig with short-term rentals, but me and my wife actually bought our first short term rental, the landscaping business. It got really crazy. So I fell behind in the podcast a little bit, which I know with and you would know this with podcasts, it's all about consistency. It might be your hundred and fiftieth episode that really makes you. Um and so I have a lot ways long ways to go in that, but the beginning stages and kind of where what doors it's opened already. It's been very cool to interview people in the military, um, people in business, leadership. It, and I, I've' one of my favorite episodes recently was with a guy uh, Amos King up in uh, Pennsylvania. And I told him before I went into it the the purpose of this podcast is to get me in a room where I could sit down and listen to you. So he and so I was actually able to the whole entire interview, almost feel like I was taking mental notes from him. He was mind-blowing. And so it's actually almost selfish selfish reasons I had the podcast is just for kind of my learning and helping to share that to other people.
0: Well, but that's a lot of times how we grow. I work a lot, you know, we do a lot of business consulting. And I always say, I think I learn more than the clients do. And it's, it's just that whole process. But you help others then, and it's that giving back. So, yep. it makes it so important.
2: Do you do a lot of your podcasts face to face or do you do like how we're doing today?
1: They've all been face to face so far actually.
2: Okay.
1: Now, so- with that, I've actually traveled for a couple of them uh, cuz if I'm meeting somebody fa- if if the purpose of the podcast is for me to grow mm-hmm. by meeting the person, if I have the chance to sit down with them for a day and hang out, I can learn a whole lot more than an hour over the Uh, internet. So it kind of, now there's a lot of people that I want to interview that I'm going to have to do virtually, but uh, so far it's been in person.
0: We've got a couple of these next questions. We uh, probably have kind of already heard a little bit from you, you know, what you, what your thoughts were. But uh, the one next question we have is what drove you to go down the self-employment role? But I think it's something that was just a passion from when you were young but even at a young age i guess can you maybe hone in a little bit what created that passion and what what is the motivation because there's we all know people that are you know hugely successful in large corporations you know they help grow companies and do different things i mean it's not something that's for everyone but something triggered you and clearly even your father really went from probably being self-employed into like a corporate setting yeah uh, or office setting so What triggered that?
1: I don't have a specific moment, but one thing I remember, like even as a kid, so I was into baseball. I didn't play football until later in life, but where everybody wanted to be baseball players when they grew up, I wanted to be a businessman from, I I can't tell you why, but it's actually, as a kid, I had this statement. I don't know if I heard on a TV show, if I made up with it, I don't know. But to be a successful businessman one day, I had to drink black coffee. I had to learn to talk to people and play golf. And so that was actually a funny, like, so I hated black coffee. My dad drank it at, I don't know how hot you can get black coffee where it doesn't actually burn your mouth. And that's what he drank every morning. Um, and so as a kid, I didn't like it, but I kept forcing myself to drink black coffee because that was one of the secrets to success that I deemed worthy of. And so now I actually was drinking my black coffee before I got on this phone call. So I, I always had that phrase as a kid, but I think what it, it came, the drive to be the self-employed was not to, I never had a pride issue with being underneath leadership. I don't even now I'm, I'm still under leadership under Landon with our, uh, short-term rentals. It's the fact that I strive to create and grow and it's a lot. and, And I wanted to be a part of those decisions push things towards places rather than work in a job where I'm creating, growing for somebody else or not creating at all. And so a lot of, in my, in my job and not to talk bad about my old job, I loved it. I learned a ton, but it was all best on, based on year over year results, numbers. It wasn't as much about making a difference and having an impact as something that I feel very passionate about. Um, and that's just kind of transcended over the years.
0: Well, that's good. I uh, I know that uh, sometimes there's things that trigger us as kids and we don't even understand. And there's things I do today and I kind of go back to them like, you know, when I was a kid, I even like played this out, you know, with toys or whatever.
1: And it's just interesting how that kind of hits you. Uh, kind of to harp on that. Maybe just thought about this, but one thing that could have played a factor in it is since the day that I turned 15, my, like when I made a, was able to get a car, get insurance, do all this before my dad helped me out by buying a family car for me when I turned 15 and a half, actually in South Carolina is when we were allowed to get a restricted, but I had to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. So pay for insurance, gas, friends. Um, he, now you know, he bought like necessities when it came to like if I needed jeans for school, but Anything that I want to do, even while in sports was on me. And it's not like he couldn't afford, like we were, he couldn't help, but it was learning lessons. And I think all of us, there's three of us siblings and all have similar mindsets right now because we always, even when most of our friends on Saturdays were just doing whatever fun thing they wanted to do, we all had to have jobs, we're working and we're in charge of finances for as long as I can remember now.
0: No, I, I like that. I did something similar. Unless some of my kids were playing sports in high school, at times then I had to help them a little bit more. But beyond that, uh, they all started working, and uh, none of them regretted at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so far, yeah.
0: Well, it's it's been a life lesson that served them well.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, one
0: second well, here. what you when you started your first business, did you have some little gigs and stuff when you were younger?
1: so when I, when I say gigs, it was always whether it was part time jobs flipping something, um, selling something, working on projects, it was never anything that I dedicated time to actually grow something. Um, it was just any ways that I could find a way to pay my car insurance bill at the time or whatever um fill up the gas tank at the time, so which were really high priorities, and so just always responsible for money in that instance.
0: Okay. So, it was just really a hodgepodge of things. It's not like you had a little lawn mowing business or anything back
1: then. No, but speaking of like little hodgepodge things. So, my younger brother that I'm in business with right now in my landscaping business, he's actually right now picking up supplies for a big job we're working on. Um, he's grown a ton and he's, he's only 18. So, he's coming a long ways. but. He, since he was uh 15 years old, has been flipping electronics on Facebook Marketplace. And when I say 15, maybe younger. Um, but throughout high school, he, he started with flip phones, went to iPads, went to laptops, then went to cars. We flipped some vehicles together. Um, now he's uh, doing something with firm, firmware upgrades and laptops and he flips them. Um, but... That's a guy that even even though I'm in kind of a leadership role with him when it comes to just future stuff that I've learned a ton on with being driven and making something when you don't have much at the time.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Just being creative and, yeah. and create something out of that.
2: Are you looking at expanding your short-term rentals? I know you've you've mentioned this a couple of times. I don't know if you they are located in one state or how that looks.
1: Yeah. So there's two different types the so the company that I work with B&B Breeze has around 75 short-term rentals around the east coast anywhere from well not east coast but just that line so mm-hmm. Pennsylvania down to Florida um and dealing with investors this is this is no primary homes just second third or fourth homes that we're trying to optimize how much money you can bring in per month mm-hmm. now on that side we're actually been expanding very well when it comes to my personal side i can't buy houses as fast as i wish i could um but we just bought our first one probably six months ago so and it went live a month and a half ago so we would have redid most of the house poured some money into it and it's been nice being able to work in short-term rentals i actually had a playground to learn to see what works to experiment before i did it on my own Mm-hmm. So it was very nice to apply a lot of those business practices, things I learned from uh, Lane and Heather, who I work with to our, the, the house that we just started has been very successful so far, a little bit more than we were expecting, which is an awesome thing. And we're in the phase right now where we're looking to, we actually don't have a primary residence. Uh-huh. So that was our, that's our first house. So we're either looking to buy another short-term rental right now um, or, If we are going to settle down a little bit somewhere, go buy a primary residence, but not quite sure right now. It just depends. Whatever deal comes along first, that's probably what it boils down to.
0: So, you plan to keep growing the short-term rental business? That's something that you focus on?
1: My goal, and this is not like a goal that I have written on a whiteboard that I've spent a lot of time on, but like a goal, I would love to buy a house a year um, for the foreseeable future, which as a kid seemed – or even a year or two ago, thinking about buying a house a year before I learned like financing, how you can pull things off seemed like, Oh, you have to be a multi-million, like extremely successful. But now that I'm in a year and realize how long 12 months are, it it almost seems like you have to wait a whole nother year, like 12 months away. Um, Because now I, I love it so much talking about this, looking at deals with people. I am fortunate enough to be with some fr- around some friends right now who I'm the dumbest person in the room, which is one of my favorite places to be in. Uh-huh. And they're moving at a way faster pace than I am. And so, it's awesome to see and learn from people who are doing it and, uh, and doing it right now.
0: So, do you guys do some property management then? Is that kind of what, what I'm hearing out of this? Yes.
1: So, the company, B&B Breeze, is a property management company. Okay. So, they we handle uh bookings, communications, cleanings, maintenance, uh expansions. investor will come to landing and say where where should we buy now? what should we do now? um and then we just charge a commission off of that.
0: Oh, okay. Excellent. I don't know. If there we might have people listen to this that'd be interested in that, so
1: we'll Yeah, it's get- actually gotten to a place where it our uh, owner of the company is a visionary, moves fast. And so, got to a place where he expanded fast because he, he had the connections, he knows what he's doing. Then all of a sudden, operations had to keep up. And so, we actually slowed down. We weren't taking on really any properties for the past little while. Um, and now, increased operation capacity and our future might hold more properties.
0: Okay. Excellent. I know, when, well, we brought up the shed talk a little bit. Uh, Is that in a near near term that you're going to focus on that? Or is that something you're kind of pushed off a little bit as you establish the Airbnb or the short-term rentals? Yeah.
1: So it's one of those things that the podcast has opened a ton of doors. Okay. Actually, it's been very cool. And I'm going to continue to ride that train when I, that's why coming to Nashville for three months, I don't know a single person here, but I brought my podcasting equipment with me. I have everything I need to do a full setup in case if I meet a guy at a restaurant that I want to talk to. Sure. Um, and so actually, even on my old business trips, when I was working my corporate job, I would uh, travel with my suitcase and then my podcasting bag, just in case you never know who you meet, where, when, what. So it's, it's one of those things. I don't have a plan next week to release another podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not held to a time constraint because it's not like I'm trying to grow the brand as much as I'm using it as a tool for conversations meetings, and already had a lot of people who've listened to old podcasts and said they've heard bits and pieces, went back, listened, took notes, people who know me, and I don't know them because of it. So, it's been very, it's been a cool tool that I plan to use, but not at a steady pace over the next year, I mean, week or so. All
0: right. right. So, you've got a little bit different motivation than what maybe some podcasters have. Uh,
1: and I, I wish, actually, like, if if I was committed enough to do an episode every two weeks. I, I wish I could like my motivation. I I love what it does. I just haven't been as consistent with prioritizing time for it. Mm -hmm. um, As I would like to, to be able to grow week after week. Okay.
2: So your goal really is just for, for your own personal growth and to help your listeners grow.
1: Yeah. So, for me to learn and when I'm learning, everybody listening's learning. So, kind of a networking tool and passing on. I, the goal of the podcast is not for me to talk about myself or my knowledge because I'm wanting to take in from other people. So, just if somebody can hear somebody else smarter talking, then they're learning as well.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, the, the only reason we're having this conversation right now is because of your podcast. So yeah, uh, it's another door opened. Yeah, right. Right. and we're certainly we're doing it and releasing one a week, and so we're trying to build off of this. And uh, th- even beyond that, the thing that I find interesting too is I think a lot of your demographic is going to be similar to ours. We work a lot with entrepreneurs and people that are starting businesses, and maybe don't know how to scale and do that. They're just uh, skilled, they have skilled labor uh, skills and not sure how to position that. So then we come in and help a lot on the business side, but, uh, uh, it, it's interesting how that opens doors. And yeah. so.
1: It's- Speaking on that a little bit, an idea I had on teaching business owners to how to grow and where you're probably dealing with decently established people already, or, uh, I've actually had an idea for younger people that have no business experience. Am I right in the fact that you would be dealing more with established guys who've been in and out of business and a little bit already know some stuff?
0: You know, we have quite a variety. Uh, That's interesting you bring that up. I have people that have been in business. uh, One comes to mind 13 years. He's done the same thing for the past 10. He was so burned out that I mean, I'd never met the man physically before, and I just took one look at him, and I think if I'd have poked him with my finger, he'd have popped. <laughs> I mean, his he was so stressed out. Uh, to we will get startups. I have people who literally are working on starting a business, and they want to do it right. They don't want to do it wrong. And I think that's one thing I'm seeing, and I guess it, I appreciate it because you're the age of my kids, essentially. Some of them are a little older and younger, but- I'm seeing with the technology we have that there's a lot more information and data that's accessible. And I also, the millennials and the Gen Zs, the thing I like, I mean, we all get a bad rap. I mean, even my generation was the next failure, you know, when I was (laughs) young. But what I'm seeing is uh, that, you know, I was taught you go out, you work hard, and you try to learn from your mistakes, and you just stay at it till you succeed. I'm seeing the millennial and the Gen Zs come in with the attitude, why should I make the mistake? Why don't I learn from somebody else? And we really work across the gamut. Uh, We get into a lot of relationship things too, where there might be business partners, and then work a lot with the folks coming out of the Anabaptist culture, Amish and Mennonite communities. And so, you know, there's that whole thing, you need to live in peace. At the same time, they're not getting along, but sometimes they don't really want to fight. And so they try to just stay in this almost bad environment. So when it comes to that side of it, it's all over the place. Um, I I mean, we've, Heather here does a ton of HR helping doing like, uh, uh, you just build out even job descriptions and, you know, how does, how does the business flow? You know, who's going to be in charge of the office? Who's going to answer mm-hmm. to who? Who has to fill out reports and and you know how does that structure all happen? And literally, um, you ask a great question. Now I'm getting off on my own tangent here a bit, but you know I own insurance agencies, and really what drove me into even getting into consulting, I started the podcast originally to provide insurance information that most people don't know. That's mm-hmm. what we consider common sense things because we work in it every day. And then out of that, I also got into the consulting, not expecting it to grow because I would help these startup businesses. So I'm telling you this because it might background a little bit your question. I would see these startup businesses come in. I sit down, help them connect to a CPA, an attorney, and give them advice. And two and three years later, they're broke and out of business or they're just burned out. And I'm sitting here going, there's just little details you're missing and you could have success with it. So that's kind of what motivated and pushed me out there was to help the startup along with, I've been self-employed a lot of years, but I was very young when I started, and it would have been very helpful for me to have somebody come alongside and just, you know, do like what Landon's doing for you. In a lot of ways, that would have really benefited me and accelerated my, my uh, path as well. So... We work with all sizes. I mean, I work with people that literally are getting ready to start a business to their 20 plus million in sales a year. And, you know, we just need to restructure and keep, you know, the growth trajectory going. So, does that answer your question? Yes.
1: No, that's a great answer. And my kind of point of asking that was a lot of 35 year olds who want to start a new business have already heard been around enough under, might even have some personal LLCs with property, like just maybe, but like when, when I was first starting, like none of my peers know any of this, like everybody. So everybody knows about starting an LLC. I would say like, it's just a, but nobody talks about a lot of the nitty gritty details, like how to get one, what tax documents, what, registrations, all kinds of stuff, Um, how to effectively run QuickBooks for end of year. And the fact that uh, one of those, another, not to go on a tangent, one of the big ones is that a tax deduction is not just you're getting that money back in taxes every year. It's just deducting from your income, just like dumb. Well, they're not dumb, but like, just, if you don't know it, that's just what you don't know it. Right. And so I've thought about, and there's tons of resources like this everywhere YouTube for YouTube has been uh, the amount of YouTube videos I've watched. is probably not great because you can learn so much from people who've done it before, but would love to put together a learning resource for like it for dummies. Like what's that, what's that book? Um,
0: everything
2: uh, pretty much for dummies. I mean, you can, yeah, yeah.
0: it's a one author who creates, I mean, he's a bunch of different books and then it's for dummies is what it is. So. And he probably
1: actually has one, how to start a first business legally for dummies. <laughs> right. Um, I know there has to be a bajillion resources about that, but like, I just haven't seen a ton of them. So it'd be, uh, it'd be nice for, even just like how to get hooked up with a bookkeeper, what to do for this. Like we have a bookkeeper who's saving my life right now, um, just on time and everything. Um, but yeah, have a have a passion for also then passing that on to, uh, I'm in a mini book club right now, um, me and just some young peers. And we're just all in the learning phase, growing phase. So it's been nice to be a little bit of a guinea pig for this, our age of people and be able to pass it on. Another another friend just started a marketing company um, in our book club that he's just grinding with. You don't reach success right away with it and he's working hard. It's awesome. Um, but have a passion for learning and passing that kind of stuff off.
0: There's, yeah, you just hit on so much of it. I mean, that's one of the things we help folks with is QuickBooks. You know, we've had another one who's been in business 15 years and they've never done, I mean, they've still hand their bids and their estimates, mm-hmm. and they're so poorly written that I'm not sure why even anybody accepted them. But um, even
2: even down to advertising, how do we get new employees yeah. in? Or they've finally grown to a, a point where they can uh, hire themselves an assistant. How in the world do I utilize an assistant? You know, like, there is a lot of aspects that go into it that that are very interesting. And like you said, you don't know what you don't know.
0: Heather um, has even worked a lot then with these companies in training the assistant. You know, here's what they need to yeah. do. Here's their role. Here's how you transfer information and in the workflows back and forth. Uh, there's, there's so much with, uh, we help a lot of times people with time management. That's probably the biggest one I see that's a, a sabotage or maybe a failure in business. People don't manage time well. And then, you know, they have employees. And if you're not uh, in a repair shop, it's probably where I see it, that it's easiest to measure. And maybe in construction. But, you know, it's amazing how many of those folks will pay somebody for 40 hours and they're billed 20. And it's just like, where's all that Mm -hmm. time going? What's your process? You know, there might be somebody who can oversee four or five people, but... At least four or five of those should be billing at a ninety, ninety-five, or a hundred percent. Maybe this person then is, you know, facilitating everything so they can. So it's just so many pieces that go into that, um, and so that's a passion of mine: just to see folks uh, find success and not burn out and give up on their own dreams because there's always a better version of us available. And so mm-hmm. That's that's kind of where where we. Uh, Where we come in and try to help and support those folks. So it's fun to see guys your age really push into that. Uh, If you want a book to read, I don't know if you've ever read this, but it would have changed my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference.
1: My book club got through with that probably a month ago. Okay.
0: It's an incredible book. Yeah, uh, it is. It's changed how I do sales completely. (laughs) And then we do a lot of
1: that too. Now, if I could remember everything like all the tactics, the people language in all my conversations, I'd be also a better person because of it. I have to find in like in books like that where every chapter is another way to do this or another thing to look for, another way to handle a situation there's no way for me i don't have like the memory that some people for for example, we play a uh, a game called a choir it's like a stock and and kind of buying game. And I, I'm not the guy that can sit there and remember every single move that's been done for the last hour and a half. And there are some people who are like that. So, like when I read a book like that, I have to choose three things that I'm going to take with me from it um, to kind of apply or I'm going to use nothing from it. Um, so, it's been nice uh, kind of going through that with some guys and some close friends. So,
0: do you, can? I mean, I, I guess I have my opinion, but you would consider yourself a visionary or have you not really read up or studied any of that?
1: So it's kind of interesting. So I've, I've always, when it came to people, my age, peers, growing up, schools, even like the leadership roles and ideas I had at college to bring events, just ideas, groups together, always been a visionary. But right now I'm at a place where I'm working underneath a visionary. So it's been interesting to learn both sides. So since he's the visionary, I've learned to be more of an executor as well while still like doing the same habits. So learn to see both sides. A struggle I've had before is, um, could be a different million things, but I, I actually to back up a little bit, there's a YouTuber I really like named Nick bear owns a supplement company in Austin, Texas. And he founded a company over the last 10 years that has went through a lot, but it's, it's reaching success now. And watching that video, I realized. That when like seeing him as a founder, I realized like I am I am I was born to be a founder, a creator. Like I like seeing and growing and bringing people together. But I'm not as good at the day over day doing this. Sure. Like I my father in law is a part of a company where he's the executor, and he and the other partner is a visionary, and they work amazing together. Um, there's a book that speaks on it, uh, Rocket of mine, Rocket uh, like or Fuel. Uh, Fuel. Yeah, yeah, Rocket Fuel. Force. Yeah. And so I've I've a little bit of both in me, but naturally would lead towards the visionary
0: side. Right now, we use a lot of those principles, uh, really, when we help structure businesses. I mean, I'm a visionary, but you need to have a implementer and an integrator, and have those positions in place certainly to effectively grow. Now.
1: Yeah. Hey, want to jump quickly back to when you were talking about small businesses learning operations um, and just the old paper invoices where they don't know how to read one of the, just talking about something that we implemented that has been unbelievable. So my brother handles all sales invoices, rescheduling. He's, he deals with all the customers. And what's awesome about what you can learn in a a landscaping business is you have a hundred different customers in your database that are all you're dealing with them every week. Right? So it's actually, even though you're not every job is a $10,000 job, you're, de- you're learning a ton of business practices right. because you're dealing with so many people and revolving. It makes me wonder. So, we got a job software called Jobber. Okay. That, have you heard of it? Or I have, yeah. Yeah. Un- unreal. Yeah. So, like, all of our invoices, reminders, uh, quotes, jobs, billing, everything runs through that. And I can't imagine like when you talk about paper invoicing, mm-hmm. when right. I see the other landscaping guys that they have a hundred clients in a week and it's all in their head or on paper, or I can't imagine how many paychecks they've missed, how many uh, jobs they've done, not received payment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so it's been really cool to see my and us growing up in the tech age, realizing there is a software to make things easier. Right. There is a, and it's worth it. It's worth investing in. When, I remember when we started the company, Jobber is like a hundred bucks a month. And we were like, man, do we want to pay a hundred bucks a month for this?
2: Yeah.
1: And now I'd probably pay a thousand dollars a month right. for it. Um, once you see the results that it can get um, and kind of, it's been growing up with technology and just even when, um, in marketing and everything and going to school, learning things like Adobe Photoshop, design, Illustrator, just some of those things I don't do a lot now, but just technology has really shaped the way that we are able to do things and even affect the businesses that we run now.
0: We uh, we really promote the use of CRMs. And certain ones in certain industries work better and are tailored towards those. Uh, absolutely, we use it too because <laughs> it's – how you can track all the notes and just everything. I mean, you can, a lot of them you can accept payment through that. Uh, and it, it ties into with QuickBooks. Uh, there's just a ton of things. Yeah. We would absolutely recommend those. Um, it's
2: actually something we spend quite a bit of time on is searching for new and better. What's new and better mm-hmm. that's out there. Like, you know, you can, you can find one that you think you love and is checking off all the boxes for you. And then, as your business grows and you find an, another need for something it's like okay what's next because this isn't quite cutting the mustard anymore well,
1: it's funny that you say finding what's new and better when i was brought on at bnb breeze the short term rental company that's actually i think almost word for word what i was brought on to do yeah. is find what's yeah. new and better like make things better gr- like what needs to be done rather than a specific job title it's just what's new and better
2: well, that's kind of the society that we are, too. We're always looking for what's new and better now.
0: Interesting enough, I, uh, I am old enough that I still like paper once in a while. So we created, I created this 15-minute, uh, we call it the 15-minute miracle, but you just track your time, 15 minutes at a time a day, and really try to structure your day around it. Well, you know, now we've got a younger guy in there, and he's like, mm-hmm. we've got a client that's struggling with this. So he went out and found an app that basically does the same thing. And it's been much easier for that client to use that app than it is to take, grab a pen, you know, and carry a, fol- or, you know, a folder or something around and write into it. So it's, but we always go back to, if you don't track it, you don't know if you did it, you know, you, you can only, yeah. you can only measure what you track. So uh,
1: it'd be kind of cool even just thinking about your business right now and your the consulting business. And I know you have different things going on. But if uh, it's not that hard these days, if like if you created a Gary Bontrager consulting app and like when people get onboarded, there's all these tools built in. So like that that little feature of tracking every 15 minutes would be super easy to build. Um, and you could have something where when they come on that walks them through steps, reminds them, there's a lot of cool features you can do now.
0: There's a, uh, we're in the process of totally building a new website and there'll be a lot more things like that coming. So th- the apps- behind the website yet, but uh, it's just, we decided to start with a whole new platform because of nice. what's available out there to us. So, where
1: do you see yourself
0: in five years?
1: That's the money question that I've been working on. So, it's actually, uh, I, I, a close friend of mine who's a little bit older, he plans his life out in 15-year increments. Okay. Don't know how. Um, my mind does not quite think that far ahead yet. Um, I'm actually at a place right now that I had a whiteboard with some really big life goals and accomplishments that I was working on. And a lot of those have been checked, checked, marked off. And then, so like coming to Nashville right here, it's, I'm kind of at a place where I'm trying to find a little bit of direction, what those next goals are. One thing that actually to speak on that the next five years there's a word that a guy told me that kind of God gave him for me. And the word was focus, follow one course until successful. And so me being also, and I I get ideas, I can easy start this, start that, do this and be 25% in all these things instead of 75 to hundred percent in a few amount of things. Mm -hmm. And so I really, one of my goals over the next five years is we started the landscaping business. It's running. I don't have a whole lot of time invested in it day to day because of just systems in place and people, but like we have two full-time employees and there's no reason that with my brother in sales, me in business, getting good employees that we can't four X or more our business every year for the next five years. Absolutely. Um, and I, I have really, really high hopes. So we started, in March or actually yeah, April to May of this year. And so most, a lot of people already deal with their landscaping and the winter getting ready. And so we came in late and the growth that we saw was already unreal. So like next year going into it, our marketing this off season is going to be pretty hard to gearing up for next season. So I have really high hopes to turn our, so it's Raberco home and lawn into a, uh, bigger company, have some ideas that would propel us there faster. It depends if I can get funding for everything. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's one of my goals right now. Five years down the road, I don't have a great answer for you. And I wish I, I'm working on it as I go. Well,
0: let me give you, uh, I'll just give you this and it can be advice and it can you don't need to use it. But I start, when I sit down with a new client, I start with this with every one of them. And I'm 52 years old, but I lost my father when he was 49 and I was 15. So I've kind of, I've been put in a position to deal with mortality a little younger than most people. So one exercise, and it's a bit morbid maybe for a lot of folks, but I sit down and have every one of them just so we can get a focal point. And the results out of this has always been effective, but I have people, and I know maybe it's not always a traditional thing to do, but I have them sit down and write out what if they had something written on the back of their headstone, what will that be? And a lot of them look at me, and then they you're like, well, that's kind of an odd request. Mm-hmm. But then as they go through and do that exercise, when they come back and we have that next meeting, because I'm like, there's no point in set, setting a single goal until you've established where you want to be and what you want at the end of your life. And then we try to work back from that and i and especially when when somebody's a visionary i know for myself i can experience I have experienced exactly what you're feeling and going through with a lot of different ideas but when i can when i can set that out front now i know i have a singular target at that point it doesn't matter if it's one business or 10 or whatever i do but i know all of it has to align with that and i've literally had young business owners come back to me and go we've got to redo our business model. Like we need to change what our goals are in business because where I'm headed right now is not to where I want to see my end goal. So I'll just share that with you. I don't know if that's beneficial for you or not, but sometimes it helps put the focus in. Uh, You know, if you ride motorcycles, you know, as as you learn to ride them, they tell you to look ahead into the curve where you want to go, not right in front of where you're going or you'll run off the road. And it's kind of that same philosophy, you know, look ahead where you want to go and that's where you will go. And that's where you'll focus your energy, your time, and your really, your goals start to, al- and you'll align your goals because you're just at two points and you're just trying to fill in the dots in between that to get that dash at the end of all that. So maybe it's a morbid thought. You don't want to think about death, but uh, that's one thing we're not going to sidestep. So... It's, it's, yeah, I appreciate really that. That, it's really that planning that I, I recommend people take a look at. So
1: so are you, not to put the spot on you, um, are you able to share what your answer to that question is?
0: Yes, absolutely. I, uh, when, when, on the back of basically, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't, it's been a little bit since I've read it. But I want to have made an impact in a positive way on everybody that I meet. That's that's what I want. So now that I've met you, I hope if I feel like our relationship's successful, I hope you're a better person because you met me. And it's maybe an arrogant way of looking at it, but I don't want to be somebody who takes energy and burns energy. I want to help give that energy and help people on a path forward. So it's kind of why I've had to change certain things that I've that I do in life too.
1: Gotcha. Very cool. Um, I'm actually trying to look up when you're kind of speaking on that. There was uh, a word that has to do with this that I wrote in my notes that I'm quickly looking for. Um ch-ch-ch-ch. Wow, this is actually longer than I thought it was. I thought I had one sentence right here. Um actually, hey, I'll I'll go ahead and share this though, if you don't mind. Go ahead. So this was when you're talking about why my, my reason behind invest like in entrepreneurship, self-employed, right. this, this kind of paragraph, what I wrote, when I get hit with things, I like to keep notes of them. Just right. lets me keep track of them. So wrote this paragraph on a plane the other day, uh, probably six, maybe a year ago. I say the other day for almost anything, that's fine but um, it, it, this is kind of what came to mind when thinking about the, all this. I realized something while sitting on on a plane today. I've been looking to make money by investing, flipping, and hustling, but that's not who I am. Yes, I love to turn a profit and grind for money, but for me, it's truly not about the money. The reason I want to be an entrepreneur is not to get out of reporting to authority, make more money, or do what I want. It's because I want to build something. I have a hunger inside to create things. I want to build a company that takes care of its people and creates a culture i want to create a team that cultivates new area for growth and expansion i want to make an impact through what i do it's truly not about the money if i end up making more of it then that's just an added bonus it's about creating a place that people can grow and thrive in and so like that so what's what's funny is like reading that statement and i remember like i almost started crying on the plane i feel so passionate about that statement um and 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 there's that that sentence in there that. I have a hunger inside to create and grow things. Like that's just like ingrained in my DNA. Like I almost want to go do something about it right now. Like, and <laughs> that's just like, it's part of who I am. Um, and so that kind of to answer your question earlier.
0: Well, I uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. I mean, that's, uh, that's really it boils down to what our why is, is really what it comes down to. And even when you, when companies hire employees, I challenge them to find out what that why is in that person if it's that they want an 8 to 5 and a paycheck so they can, you know, goof off mm-hmm. on the weekend, they're probably not going to be a great employee, but if they're learning wanting to learn new skills or maybe, you know, become a manager or do something different in advance, you know, those are the people that we want to work with. So, I want to thank you for watching Mindset Growth Podcast. We want to give a shout out to Century Insurance. They are in 18 different states. Give them a call, look them up on their website. You can find their Facebook page wwwsentry inscom They provide a large variety of services, and we appreciate their support to this podcast. With that, you can find us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can also follow us on our Facebook page. We appreciate you watching this. Thank you.